welcome to American Towing Recovery Institute podcast number 11, On the Road with Wes Wilbur. Really excited to be here today talking to y'all. We just had a great class this past weekend in Washington, North Carolina. And as you're listening to this, we're a day in front of the Florida show, but we're actually shooting this a week ahead of time. So we're a week away. So it's a busy, busy time here at the Institute with getting ready for the show. Uh, everybody in the industry is a very busy time of year for many reasons. So, um, now first of all, I want to thank all the listeners. Our numbers are going up, 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 up. We appreciate that. I appreciate you telling your friends, referring people to the podcast. We really appreciate it. And of course, it's available on all the different platforms and I never get this exactly right. So, I'm going to call my friend DJ Harrington. <laughs> DJ, where can I get the podcast from? What Google Play and where else? Wes, your program, your podcast is available wherever you get a podcast. But it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes, Pandora, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Media, Amazon, wherever you get it. And, of course, we always like to say, please remember to like and review and share wherever you can. That's where you are, my friend. Where they get a podcast, they're listening to you. God bless you, DJ. <laughs> Glad to hear you back and uh, back on on, uh, on the men. Tell us about how you did with your, your surgery and whatnot and how, you, how, how we're doing. For the listeners of the American Toman Recovery Institute podcast, I've been laid up. I had lumbar surgery done in Atlanta by the spine specialist, Dr. Perry, and it worked out fine. And so all the prayers and well wishes from the listeners, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm doing great, Wes. Uh, the stitches, you know, they do stitches and they do it with the little tube going in you. So they take pictures as they're doing the lumbar. But this is a real famous doctor who was recruited uh, into the Atlanta market. So I've been real fortunate. He's, he's did a great job and I feel wonderful. So I'm back up doing my thing. And Chuck was patient with me, just like all of your listeners were. So I'm, I'm doing good, my friend. And I thank you very much. Thank you, DJ. We appreciate everything you do for the podcast and for the towing industry and the automotive industry in general. Glad to hear you're on the man. Thank you, buddy. Well, like I mentioned, we just got back from Washington, North Carolina. We had a two-day heavy recovery class, which is the first heavy recovery class of the season. We've done a couple light duties. And it ended up being one of the largest classes of my career. I don't like huge classes because I'm concerned about the students, but we had uh, folks that had stayed registered a year ago for a class that got put off because of the, the virus situation. And then we have people from all over the country looking for training. We had a delegation of six come from Washington State. They came from, of course, the Carolinas, Virginia, Georgia, but New Jersey, New Hampshire, Maryland was represented as well. They ended up with 67 students that were full of energy and made for a great weekend. We can't thank our hosts, Mike and Janet Willard, enough. They did a great job hosting. We, could have, we didn't want for anything. So, Great real-life props. We had a loaded concrete mixer we overturned, a loaded tractor trailer we uprighted, and we also did some towing on modern vehicles. So it was a great weekend. We also, uh, I taught the class with Peter Ashton Jr., which you might remember from a couple episodes ago, we did an interview. And Pete had been in Chattanooga. 
in the past week or so and pointed out to me that he had heard through the grapevine. And it's just just obvious anyway that things were a little bit down at the museum. And he, he met me, he went back to the gift shop to try to spend a little money there. So Pete was quick to ask, could we do the money game at this class to help raise money for the museum and the survivor fund? Now, some of you folks that have attended a class with me before know many times I'll get that big old fishing scale that I carry around. You know, the one that weighs fish up to 50,000 pounds? We'll get it out and we'll insert it in some rigging and make some wagers with the students. And the students can make a bet of what they think that gauge will say when. In this case, it was when we used a light-duty truck and a compound rigging to winch backwards a heavy-duty wrecker without overloading any of the rigging. And the bet was what it would take for the heavy record to slide backwards. So Pete runs the game a little bit different than I do, but he was more successful than I've worked ever been at it. They collected a little bit over $2,000 before the bet. They made the bet, and Scott Tomlin from J&J Toe in Stateville, North Carolina, he had the winning guess. His split of the pot was a $1,000 split, which he donated $500 back, so we basically had $1,500 to deal with. Mike Willard, the host, and his family donated $500 immediately. Andrew Pittman from Washington State, Pittman Towing, he reached into his pocket and donated $1,000. The American Towing and Recovery Institute donated $1,000. I was talking to my friend from Fred from Henry's Record Service in Virginia. I told him about the weekend. We were just chit-chatting about some stuff. And he matched the donation. So right now we got a $5,000 donation check that we're going to present to the museum at the uh, Florida Tow Show. So... For many, many reasons, it was a great weekend. And it actually kind of leads us into our main feature today. We're very fortunate to have a very, what I consider a very special guest who's willing to take a little bit of time out of their day in a very busy week for people in the towing industry. I know she'll be at the Florida show next year as well. It's Ms. Kathy Brumgard, the uh, general manager of the International Towing Museum. She also serves as a liaison between survivor fund applicants and the board, handles the administration of it, in other words, and uh, has been very, very diligent in her duties, has done a lot to bring the museum up to where it is now, to keep things running efficiently through good times and bad. Kathy, thanks for being with us. you mind it? saying hello and tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Oh, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate getting any chance to talk about the museum. Um, I am originally from New Jersey. I was born and raised in New Jersey, and about 34 years ago, I moved south to Chattanooga, Tennessee to be near family, and um, it was it was probably the best move we ever made in our life, bringing us south and being able to raise our family in, in beautiful Chattanooga and the mountains nearby. However, I still am a Yankee at heart. <laughs> One of those things, you just never leave it. But, um, yeah, so I've been here at the museum for five years now. Well, it'll be five years in August. And, um, and I love this place. I am excited to be here. I'm excited to be part of the changing of it, um, changing for the good, and uh, just making it a place that everybody will be proud of. So I have 
actually came from a retail background. I have no background in the towing industry at all. And, um, and I've always worked retail. And I happened to make a job change several years ago. Um, after working at one place for 17 years, I decided it was time for a change. So I was looking for a job and I happened to see an ad for the towing museum. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stop by. And I walked in the door and I thought, oh man, this is kind of cool here. So I left my application, got a call back from Angela Barnett. She's the one that hired me and, um, started part time. And two years later, through a series of events, I found myself, um, in the position of general manager. And it, it's just been a, a pleasure to be part of this. That's awesome. I have real admiration that uh, this was your first involvement in the towing industry. Oh, yeah. A lot of times people get a different insight that they think people need to be involved for life, but I think people coming in with a fresh perspective is awesome. Yeah. It's proven, it's proven about at the museum how you, how last time I was there, I saw how you changed things and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, it does. It, it, you know, not having any, um, not having any experience in the industry, it just gave me, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit of freedom to look at the museum differently, you know, coming from retail, coming from a business aspect. And I am, I tell everybody, I'm a gift shop junkie. If there's a gift shop, I have to go in it. And so through the last couple of years, we've worked really hard to, um, really bring our gift shop up to speed and, and to add different things to it. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's exciting. It is exciting. I know, uh, my wife, April, the last time we were there, uh, we, we always visit the gift shop and she bought mm-hmm. things that were not directly towing related that were real nice, different items. Uh, right. Right. And that's, you know, that's good for all of us. That's, that's good business for all of us. It is. It, you know, it, it helps, as I tell people, keep the lights on. And it's, um, you know, it, we are probably 95% tourist and 5% industry. And the tourists come in and most women, they don't want to go home with a tow truck t-shirt. You know, they would rather buy something else. So we've kind of opened it up so that anybody that comes in, hopefully they'll find something that they really love. That's awesome. Yeah. Besides the gift shop, I've heard nothing but good things about what's going on inside the museum. I don't know if yeah. I can do that first. I, I do want to come circle back at some point to what, you know, how COVID affected things, but yeah, inside of the museum, I've heard nothing but good things about. It. I know the levels have some displays open it now, and what can you tell us about how the inside of the museum's changed? Yeah. Well, we. Um you know, of course, we had to close for two and a half months during the COVID thing, and I stayed on, and my assistant, Niall, he stayed on, and we came to work every day, and we had been, you know, just, well, our routine is to go through the museum and just stop and say, you know, we could do this differently, or, you know, maybe we could paint this wall, so we just had the freedom to do that, and we bought paint. He and I painted, we rearranged exhibits, we made new exhibits. 
the biggest and most exciting thing of all that happened was we were able to take our downstairs, which was usually used for um, meetings and that, or education purposes, but it wasn't used enough. So we decided to open it up and, you know, put exhibits downstairs. There's four trucks down there. There is a 1942 Indian tow motorcycle that is on loan that is absolutely a, a fascinating piece. So we, we now have two levels of gallery that people can, you know, for their $10, they can spend quite a bit of time here. And um, we really have tried to change our exhibit so that we are touching on the history of the tow truck. Um, you know, it, it, it's local history here in Chattanooga. And I think we kind of missed that in the beginning. So now we're really pushing the fact that this is a history museum. It's a local history museum. So we really put a lot of effort into um, setting up some exhibits for Ernest Holmes and Ernest Holmes Jr., and they've been really well received. We also were able to get um, some memorabilia from Bill Jackson, and we have a Bill Jackson display downstairs, and that is really exciting, especially for the people in the industry that are familiar with him and his work. So it's just been, um, you know, like I said, it was a lot of paint and a lot of moving. We even, you know, pushed trucks around, and but we got it done, and it just looks amazing. Well, that's what I've heard, definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I've heard really good responses. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to take a quick second here for a commercial break, and when we come back, I've got a couple follow-up questions to ask about what we the uh, all the information you just shared with us, Kathy. Okay. Okay. Thank you. The American Towing and Recovery Institute is bringing its advanced training to Arkansas April 30th through May 2nd. Join us in Little Rock for three days of participation classes and hands-on training. It all starts Friday, April 30th with one day of advanced light level duty towing and recovery class, which includes recovery techniques, hookup points, rigging methods, as well as information for towing and transporting late model and luxury vehicles. Then join us for two days of heavy-duty towing and recovery classes, Saturday and Sunday, May 1st and 2nd, which includes heavy-duty towing and riding techniques, complex rigging methods, modern towing tactics, air hookups, and more. All classes cover DOT and OSHA-compliant information. Leave with the knowledge that will make you a better and safer tower. Register today by visiting our site at amtowri.com and click on the Continuing Education tab, and we'll see you in Little Rock. That web address again, amtowri.com. Hey, we're back with Kathy Brumgar, the general manager of the International Towing Museum, Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're talking a little bit about the changes that have happened, and and, um, one of the things... You mentioned was um, the meeting space there. You know, as an instructor, it was a joy to do a class there, conduct a class there. Mm-hmm. And totally, you, you definitely said a true statement when you said it didn't get used enough for a couple times a year to have that kind of real estate tied up when you all taken and brought some more history of eyes. 
is an excellent thing. And the fact that you're focusing on the local folks, that this is a local museum, in other words, trying to attract people that are not directly involved in the towing industry. And as far as I know, goes back to one of the basic goals. I remember reading a Tow Times article, I think before the Friends of Towing, which was the first group that changed a couple times to be where we are today with the International Towing Museum, but originally mm-hmm. the group called themselves the Friends of Towing. Right. In an article that I remember reading as a young man before I was involved in any of this, so just a tow operator reading Tow Times magazine. And it was either just before they started or just after they started. And I remember them stating the three basic goals. One of them was to preserve the history of the towing industry, which I think we've done a, a good job with that. The second is to recognize individuals that have made significant contributions. I think we've done a good job with that as well. Personally, sometimes maybe we spend a little too much effort on that, but that's just me. And I mean no disrespect to anybody when I say that. The third, I think, is the most important, to educate the public about who the towing industry is. And that was one of the three stated goals, and it sounds like you're putting a lot of effort into that. I know when I was on the board of directors at the turn of the century, some of us saw that vision, some of us didn't. And there's been different times, too, depending on the management of the museum, how much effort focused on that. But I think nowadays, especially with the societal problem we have with move over, slow down, and highway workers getting killed from all professions, mm-hmm. I think this is excellent that you're focusing on the local consumer trying to get them in there, not just the towing operator that happens to be passing through that part of the country. Right, right. Well, Chattanooga is, you know, it's a town of museums, all shapes and sizes. And, you know, I my goal has been to, um, you know, get off the porch and run with the big dog. And that's really what I want to do with this museum is just to, you know, put it in the public space and say, hey, we're here. We are, uh, we've got really great, really cool things in here. And at the same time, you know, they're learning um, about the Wall of the Fallen. And, and that's one thing that when they come out from touring, they all mention that they had no idea that tow operators were killed so often. And so that really, I think, is important that we've been able to convey that to our visitors. And, of course, because they're from all over the country, um, you know, they all go back and, and they have that seed planted in their mind. And we also put up a new flagpole out front, and we hang a um, wall of the fallen flag from it, and whenever a tow op is killed, we lower the flag to half staff. And that has created a little bit of buzz in the community because we've had people ask, why is your flag at half staff? So I know some local people, I had one uh, woman call me and she said, was there another operator killed? I saw your flag at half staff. You know, so it, it, it's really doing the job by, you know, being out front and we're on a busy street so people see it. But, um, you know, that is, that is one goal of the museum is to get that message across. And I think we're, we're doing a good job of it. We definitely are. Now, I can't imagine there isn't anybody out there that doesn't know what the Wall of the Fallen is, is in the ceremony, but let's just say there is. We're, we are actually getting some emails back from folks outside of towing, uh, trucking industry listening to this podcast as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of them call truckers, you know, a lot of them are hunt for anything 
industry related for trucking, and we've been popping up. So tell us, tell our listeners, if you would mind, give us a brief summary of the the Wall of the Fallen, the Survivor Fund. Well, the Survivor Fund is in place um, to do a fi- to have the financial assistance for the survivors of a tow op that is killed in the line of service. And it, you know, started out in, in the beginning with a $500 payout and now it has grown to $7,500 per incident. And if you are a music, if they are a museum member, then the benefit is $2,000 additional. So the survivor fund payout to the next of kin of a tow operator is $9,500 if they are a member of the museum. So it has grown exponentially over the years, yes. And, you know, I I do have some dealings with the families. You know, occasionally they'll call and need some information. And then I get thank you notes from the survivors who have gotten the money, and they are just – one lady sent me a picture of her and her four little boys – and she said, you know, our life is turned upside down, but this has is helping us to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I know that the Survivor Fund is doing exactly what we want it to do, and that is to help these people get back on their feet. And the Wall of the Fallen, of course, is a special place. Um, it is the memorial to the tow operators that are killed in the line of service, and it is it's a very solemn place. Um, you know, we have people that come and just stand out there um, and just rub, rub their hands across the brass plaques of names. And it is, I think it's a place of healing. And I think it is a place where families know that their loved one will never be forgotten because we have this memorial to them. So it, it, it's a very important place, especially to um, the industry, but it's really interesting because visitors, they'll go out there, they have no idea what it's about, and they will go out there and and they'll come in and they'll say, I just that just meant so much, you know. So it it, it is a a really special place. And that is um I I was just um uh, the museum board when that happened, but I remember as we were discussing it whatnot. That that property is deeded. That that will always be a memorial. Am I am I, am I remembering this correctly, Kathy? It's actually the Wall of the Fallen is it it is on our property. Um, it was uh, Bill Miller's idea to fund it through the Miller Family Foundation, and he didn't want any public funds to go to it because he didn't want it to become commercialized. So it is. It is only funded, the maintenance of it is only funded through the Miller Family Foundation. And that way it just remains commercial free and it it is just a special place for these families to know that their loved one is is remembered. And if I'm not mistaken, that funding is in you know, is gonna go on forever. It's set up in a way that that it will last for it'll be yes. taken. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. None of the survivor fund money goes to the wall of the fall. And the survivor fund money, 100% goes to the uh, the fund and to the families. So last 
thing I'd like you to talk about is the event. Mm-hmm. The event is happening. Um, we're excited. It is October the 7th, 8th, and 9th. And uh, the 9th is the Wall of the Fallen Ceremony, which is open to anybody. It is open to the public. And it is certainly a ceremony worth uh, seeing at least once. It will it, it will change you. Um, but the, the rest of the event, we've got a new location this year. It's still going to be downtown Chattanooga, but a different venue. And we are excited. We're already working on auction items. That's always a fun time. And um, the dinner for the induction of the Hall of Fame. So it's going to be a big weekend. Um, Chattanooga is on the right at the moment on the low side of the COVID. And so we don't think there's going to be any problems. Um, I'm sure it'll have to be a masked event. But, um, you know, other than that, it should carry on as it usually does. And it's always fun. If you can if you can make it, it is such a great weekend. It really is. Mm-hmm. I've only attended the Wall of the Fallen ceremony one time. Uh-huh. Because it's such an emotional event. It's just I'm a wreck for the rest of the day. Yes, yes. But it is, But with that being said, and if, if I knew someone personally going on there, I will attend again. I just, and it, it's something every tower needs to experience at least once in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. You not only need to experience it, you need to, even if that kind of thing isn't your cup of tea, which a lot of people I understand an event like that's not your cup of tea. You need to go at least once to support the families that are there. That was one of right. the things that I was unaware of until I did it. And I say mm-hmm. one, I've been to two of them. And an emotional record both of them. Yeah. And I just was, I, you know, we've got a lot of other stuff going on at the event. So just for me personally. Mm-hmm. But, um, I understand. It is something that uh, everybody needs to experience. So yeah. Will you be at the Florida Tokyo? I know you will, but tell our, tell our guests. Yes, I will be at the Florida Tosho. Um, we are introducing for the very first time a virtual 3D tour of the museum. Um, it is really, really cool. We had it done um, while we were closed, of course. And you can actually, um, through the with the use of the mouse, you can tour through the museum, or you can uh, give a donation, a $20 donation, and you can put on the headset, and you can take a walking tour, a virtual tour, let's put it that way. And it's it's so cool the way it's set up. You can even get in some of the trucks and look in, you know, look through the truck like you're behind the wheel. There's a few trucks that you can look at the engines. It's, it's a work in progress, but it is, it's a really cool thing. So if you're at the Florida Tosho, come and see us. I believe it's booth 303. And we will be there. Of course, we're going to have uh, T-shirts and toys for the kids and a couple of other really nice things that we've never had before we'll have at the show with us. So, Kathy, that virtual tour sounds very interesting. Uh, who sponsored that? Uh, the virtual tour is sponsored by Haas Alert. Um, they're a fairly new company that um, they produce technology for a, a warning system for 
tow truck drivers and, and other vehicles on the road. It's Haas Alert, and they are the proud sponsor of our 3D tour. That's awesome. That's uh, really good that we're moving forward on that level. So I think we're just about running right out of time. So, Kathy, would you mind doing another oh, second? I'd be happy to. So let me just take a moment, and everybody listen to this. It's the day in front of the Florida show. We'll be there. Kathy will be there. The museum will have a booth. Um, we'll, we'll have a booth as well, so we'll look forward to seeing you at Florida. We're going to have, uh, as you know, on our website, we've got all kinds of visual information uh, about the podcast. There's a link right there by the podcast for visual information, and part of what we'll give you there this week is all the contact information for the museum. We're going to talk about some of that kind of stuff in the second segment. Our website, www dot A-M-C-O-W-R-I dot com takes you right to the American Tone and Recovery Institute website. Kathy, why don't you tell us the website for the museum? Sure. It is www.towingmuseum.com. That's towingmuseum.com. What's the phone number of the museum if somebody wants to call and check up on a membership or even Join as a member. Okay. It's going to be one of my focuses in the next segment. I wish we got this, got it in on this side of the break, but what's the phone number they can call and talk to you about? They can call us at 423-267-3132. And that's, uh, what's your hours Eastern time? Uh, Monday through Saturday, 9 in the morning until 5 at night, and Sundays, 11 until 5. Thanks again for your time, Kathy, and be safe. Thank you. Folks, make sure you listen next week because there's going to be a lot more good information. Hope y'all, everybody has a good week. Enjoy the show. See you next week. Thank you for listening as always.